Uh, well, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in my sermon today, maybe I'm going to take a, a little bit of a risk. But being here in front of you good folks who have stood by myself and my family, yes, nearly these last five years, I think we're going to go out on, on the edge a little bit. Talk a, about a pattern interruption. <laughs> but we begin today where we normally begin, and that is with the, the Holy Scripture, the Scripture for today about John the Baptist, isn't it? And it's really hard for us to imagine how John the Baptist could come to be in the place where he was. Or you think about his history, he was the one born to be the forerunner of the Christ. And his parents, they knew it from an early age, and he seems also to know just what he was to do. In fact, he's the one that takes himself out into the wilderness to live alone, wearing only that cloak of camel's hair, eating wild honey and locusts. He imposes that discipline upon himself willingly in order to prepare for his coming mission. He will be the one that goes before the Christ. He will be like in the ancient world, the, the one who lays the trail, uh, the one who levels the hills, the one who makes the road smooth before the coming king. And he's understood that mission. He grows into the man that he is, a man who is respected in the ancient world. A man to whom the scribes and Pharisees came out into the wilderness in order to be baptized by him. He, in a, a sense, is like the, the Billy Graham of his day. And then the Lord himself comes to John and asks to be baptized. And he's given that great honor of baptizing the very Son of God. And then he gets to watch as Jesus blossoms into his ministry, as he performs thousands of mighty miracles across that part of the ancient world. It seems almost too much of a blessing for one man, doesn't it? And there is John at the peak of his career, summoning his courage. He walks into the throne room of the reigning king and he says to him, you cannot have your brother's wife. You are committing sin. God sees. He knows. He will judge you. And instead of the reigning king falling to his knees before John breaking out into repentance, he has John placed in prison. It's not what he was expecting. 
And now John has been in prison for many months and he's been languishing there and he no longer has the ability to, to preach to anyone. He's alone. He's by himself. It seems his gifts have been stripped from him. And he cries out to his disciples in anguish. Would you go and ask Jesus if he really is the Christ? Or if we should have been looking for someone else? He's in anguish. He's in despair. Many of you have followed myself and my family, yes, through these many years. And, well, there's, you know, a little bit of word on the street at times. And, yeah, there's a word that I, I share with you as well. I told you I'm going to go out on a, a limb a little bit for today because I, I usually don't put members of my own family on the spot. But Scott, I'm going to talk about you a little bit here today. For in, in, a, in a, a mild sense, you know, Scott has kind of been going through that same kind of a thing through this last year. As many of you know, Scott is a fine athlete. In fact, he's a former state champion. I don't know how many former state champions Randall has, but he's one of them. And he's always especially loved football. He's you know state champion in in weightlifting. Um, the the last two years, every weightlifting meet he went to, he won. It's been such a, a joy and such a, a blessing to see him go through his sports career. In North Dakota, they had a fairly developed fifth grade football program. In fact, in the fifth and sixth grade, they got to go and play in the Fargo Dome at NDSU as kind of their final game. And, and so, you know, it, it wasn't just like here in, in Little Falls where they kind of use half the, the field and they, they run around a little bit, but you know, it was a very competitive. And to, to get to the, the Fargo Dome, that was exciting. And he, he started there, and, and he was able to come here, and, and he did very well in his ninth grade year. In his 10th grade year, he was playing varsity on special teams. His 11th grade year, he was the starting fullback over here in, in Little Falls. And why well, we just don't really know exactly what happened. I mean, all of a sudden he came into his senior year and, and, and the coach, you know, wants to move him to a different position, uh, doesn't want to play him as much. And, you know, I, I just, we just don't really know exactly what the circumstances were. He had 20 colleges looking at him to play football coming into his senior year. And of course, when you don't play that much, then those 20 colleges you know, they're, they're reduced to about two right now. There's maybe two schools still a little bit interested in him. Coming into the, the weightlifting season, you know, he experienced some injuries. 
in the past. It kind of slowed him down over the summer and, and this weightlifting season. He came to, to his last home meet where he, he placed a second. And so that's a little bit different. And he too is going through a time of discouragement. That's the truth. I myself have been there, folks. As you know, I spent 14 years at a church over in North Dakota. The church had 454 members when I started there. It had 398 members at the time that I left. It was a fairly substantial congregation. And I myself went through a time when the people, they really turned against me. And, you know, it wasn't everybody, right? It, it was about 12 people. You know, 12 people that really have their heels dug in compared to, you know, about 400 people that are, are happy, that are accepting, that can cause real trouble and cause a, a lot of hard feelings. And at the time I left North Dakota, I left for a factory job. Yes, here in Minnesota. And, and that, that's where I was when the district president here kind of took notice of me, uh, asked me to, to, you know, come over here and, and, you know, make a visit and, and you know, hopefully come and, and begin doing ministry here. But let me tell you what, when, when, when I was, you know, putting little bags of chips into a box on an assembly line, I wasn't that happy, you know? All the years that it took me of education in order to, you know, get my, my Master's of Divinity degree in order to, to go and, and be a pastor, having 14 years of, of experience as a pastor, you know, standing on the assembly line day after day, putting chips into boxes, loading boxes on the pallets. I can understand where John the Baptist was. You and I can get discouraged at times, can't we? Anyway, as I, I, I look out amongst you in the, these past five years, we, we've kind of gone through even a, a little bit of fear, haven't we? Uh, fearful that maybe our, our church will close, uh, fearful that, that maybe things aren't are going to turn out quite right. We, we get fearful and we may fall into to rituals. You know, if I can just kind of do the, this little thing, you know, just right, then maybe that'll make everything kind of come out okay. Or if I can, you know, ju yeah, just kind of you know, make sure my collar is perfectly straight before the service and, and I have, you know, my, my all tucked in just right back here. Maybe that can make the, the difference. Jesus, are you the one? 
or should I go and look for somebody else? We're fearful. And the word of the Lord, it comes, it comes to me, it comes to you, it comes to Scott here today. What does Jesus say? He says, look at the work that I'm doing. The blind are receiving their sight, the deaf are receiving their hearing. I perform miracles wherever I go. People are freed in their conscience from their sins in the past. They're made new inside once again. I am the one. And dear friends, that is the message that I have for you today. Jesus is the one. Some of you may, maybe at, at times are, are, are fearful that I would leave. Maybe there's one or two of you thinking, ah, I, I, that's tomorrow, Pastor. I don't think so here today, though. But dear friends, we don't know the future, do we? In fact, just coming through a, a prolonged illness, that makes me feel a little bit older. It makes me kind of, kind of think about, you know, what the, the future maybe would bring. And so illness can take us at, at any time, circumstances, you know, they, they can certainly change. But I want you to think about this. 17 years ago, a young man was born here in Minnesota, in Breckenridge. And that young man came to be a member of this church five years ago. The Lord himself, he sees us. And the Lord himself has promised that he will provide for us. As we're, we're looking around, as we're worrying, as we're you know, making sure we get the fold just kind of straight and, and the collar is, is just so, and maybe that can make a difference, the Lord himself has other people out there that he's preparing to come here. The Lord himself loves his churches where faithful members gather together, where the word of God is proclaimed in its truth and purity, where he is honored. Dear friends, what does the Lord ask of us? He just asks that we would receive Him. He just asks that we would hold Him sacred in our hearts. He just asks that we would go to Him in prayer, that we would ask for His help and His blessing. He has a plan. 
See, when, when you and I, when we start to panic, right, you, you and I, maybe we start to try to force things to come out right. No, you and I, like my, my son Scott this week, a, a little bit anxious that things aren't quite going right, tried to, to put up a, a weight that he wasn't quite prepared for, and, and I hurt his hand. I think it's going to be okay. But on athlete training for you know special events, you kind of need your hands, don't you? We can panic. We fall into despair. We we you know try to you know make this just so because if I make it just so, then it'll be okay. That's not the way, though, is it? God also asks that we would enter into his rest. God tells us that we should trust in him. But just like John the Baptist, we can get in that place where we say, oh, I don't know, and oh, I'm afraid, and oh, it's not working out quite the way that I thought it, it was, and oh, what am I going to do? I better send some messengers over to that guy and see if he really is the real deal. You see. And Jesus comes back and he says to each of us today, just look at the scripture. Just look at what you see in the lives of your friends and family members who have trusted in me. Feel the reassurance once again that the very Son of God is who He claims to be. Picture in your mind's eye once more the scars in His hands and His feet that show His dedication. Be reminded once again of the great love that Jesus has for you. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. You see, dear friends, even if something were to happen to me, and even if I and my family were no longer here, ask yourself this question. Do we deserve a pastor? And I think in your hearts, you know that you've been dedicated, you know that you've been loyal, you know that you have served the Lord. You can answer, yes, we do. And then ask yourself again the question, well, what kind of a pastor do we deserve? Maybe just kind of a bottom of the barrel kind of guy. Maybe the, the very last guy that we, we could possibly get. Maybe the, the guy that finished last in his class at, at seminary. Is that, is that the guy? Uh, again, I, I would hope that you would say, no, we deserve a good pastor. 
But dear friends, from what I and what my family have experienced here among you these five years, you have loved us. I, I can be like Jesus in, in the Bible and I can say, hey, you know what? I didn't have anything. And he gave my life back. I was running out of clothing. And you clothed me. I needed some food. And you gave it to me. I was working in a factory. And you let me come here and preach once again. Dear friends, I probably haven't told you even often enough. We're so very grateful for all of you. When my son Scott was born in Breckenridge, Minnesota, I had no idea that I would eventually come to be a pastor in Minnesota. When Robert was born in that same hospital, although a new structure, but you know, they, they built a, a new hospital, but still the, the hospital in Breckenridge, but the new one had no idea becoming to Minnesota all these years later. But yet the Lord made a way. And if the Lord can make a way for my family and for myself, he can make a way for this church. And he can make a way for each of you in your lives. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.